0: Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. All right, our theme for the year uh, 2022 is uh, Renew. And we've spent the entirety of this year talking about renewal in one form or another. Um, we began uh, by talking extensively about renewing our minds and by doing a deep dive into Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And after spending several weeks and looking at that verse from different vantage points, we flipped the script a little bit. And we said that while renewing our mind is vitally important to being healthy, mature Christ followers, it's only part of the equation which led us into our current series uh, regarding the Holy Spirit. Because renewing our minds and relationship with the Holy Spirit are two sides of the same coin. We need to know how to renew our minds so that we can walk out our faith on a day-to-day basis. But we equally need a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can point out areas in our lives that need to be renewed. He can uncover places in our hearts that need to be healed. I mean, that's one of our the core values of everyday church is being spirit led. But how can we as a church or as individuals be spirit led without relationship with the Holy Spirit? Now, at this point, a review just on this series would be extensive. It would require an entire message of its own. I encourage you, if you're, just, you know, if you're new, you've been out a few weeks, go back to the beginning of this series and just kind of get caught up on where we are in regards to the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to review all of that, but I want to review the last message that we spoke, which was a couple of weeks ago because Katie was in between there. And we looked at the lives of the disciples and how Jesus commanded them to wait for the promise, which was the Holy Spirit, before they began to do any ministry. And then we also looked at the life of Jesus and we saw where the Holy Spirit came upon him when he was water baptized. Up until that point, there was no record of any miracles being performed by Jesus. Let's look again at the words of John. John chapter 1, 32. We're still reviewing a little bit. It said, then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. Those words are very, very important. Because up until this point, the Holy Spirit had come down. He had empowered people for certain tasks, for certain seasons, but he did not remain. This is the first time in Scripture that we see the Holy Spirit came down and remained. And so the whole message led to these two questions. If this is, if the disciples needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit and it was a command for them, Jesus said, don't do anything until you receive the promise. We said, if the disciples needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how much more? Do we? Now, Jesus didn't begin his public ministry until after the Holy Spirit descended and remained on him. And so we asked this follow-up question. We said, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? Again, no miracles had happened until the moment that the Spirit descended and remained. Finally, we ended up in Luke chapter 11. some one of my favorite passages of Scripture when Jesus said, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. Who receives? Everyone. everyone. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, the one who knocks, the door will be open. Listen to the language. Everyone who asks. And he continues Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so we ended by asking the Father to give us the Holy Spirit in response to the words of Jesus. We we asked Jesus to baptize us with the Holy Spirit so that our lives would be overflowing. I mean, we are living in precarious times. But if we're going to stand strong in the days ahead, we're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to need the voice of the Holy Spirit in our ears, guiding us into all truth, as John says in in chapter 16, verse 13 of his gospel. But we can only experience his power and recognize his voice through relationship with him. must have relationship with him. All right, now beyond being filled with the Spirit, we spend... Again, the first several weeks talking about who the Holy Spirit is, trying to debunk stereotypes and things. And and people say Pentecostal or charismatic and they just start thinking all kinds of weird things or things you've seen on TV or movies or whatever. And so we've spent some time debunking some of those things, saying that God or Jesus calls the Holy Spirit our helper and our guide and our um, our attorney, our advocate. He is he's with us to help us. So beyond being filled with the Holy Spirit, there are nine spiritual gifts that Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 12. Is anybody familiar with, with, with this? It's, they're often broken down into three categories. We're not going to get through all of them today, but uh, they're broken down into three categories and they're these uh, it's, it's one is the discerning gifts. two is the dynamic gifts. Some people call them power gifts and the other is the vocal gifts. Some people call them the declarative gifts. It's when you're declaring the word of God. I want us to take a look at Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk through some of these gifts. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, A message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these things are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Now, when we began this series, we talked about the two predominant positions regarding the Holy Spirit and his gifts. One is called continuationism or being a continuationist, which is what our church would fall under that. And the second is a cessationism or a cessationist. Anybody remember talking about that? All right. Continuationists believe that the sign gifts of the Spirit, which is what we were partially just reading about, there's more to it than that, but that the sign gifts of the Spirit continue and have not ceased and that the Spirit still works through gifts such as prophecy, words of knowledge, tongues, and healings in various ways. Cessationists believe that the sign gifts of the Spirit, I'm sorry, cessationists believe that the sign gifts of the Holy Spirit ceased when the apostles died. Now, previously, I kind of left that definition there, but I'd like to clarify, it's not that all cessationists, that they just don't believe miracles are possible. Um, It's not that they don't believe that, that miracles can't, that they just don't happen. It's that they don't believe that miracles are normative or a normal part of our Christian walk. So in other words, most cessationists wouldn't deny that God does miraculous things. Maybe even healing instantaneously or deliverance or something that's happened it just only could be described as a miracle. Cessationists wouldn't say, oh, no, that's not God, that's of uh, the devil necessarily. It would be that their, their, most of their take would be, we just don't believe that this is a normal part of our Christian walk. Whereas continuationists, we would believe that, that God is with us, empowering us to bring heaven on earth, as we've been singing about and talking about today, declaring the word of God. All right. Pastor Mark Driscoll says this regarding cessationism. Cessationism sees the abuses of spiritual gifts in an effort to prevent error, sometimes overreact by negating the spiritual gift altogether. Cessationists often point to such things as spiritual excesses, unfulfilled prophecies, abuses of spiritual authority and preference for new revelation over scripture. Now, I said in the beginning, everyday church will never elevate the word, doctrine or preference of a man above the word of God ever. We believe that the Bible is God's word. And so someone ever speaks a word that's contrary to Scripture. We are to dismiss that immediately. And he goes on and he says, but the abuse of a gift should not negate the use of a gift. Look, there's no question that there are there have been and there are many misuses and abuses of the gifts of the Spirit. How many have ever experienced that before? As Christ followers, as Spirit-filled, Spirit-led believers, we too should be concerned with spiritual excesses. We should be concerned with unfulfilled prophecies, with abuses of spiritual authority. And when people prefer new revelation over Scripture, that's a problem. That's when we get over into serial land. When your church can be described as Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes, and Grape Nuts, that's it. You've crossed the line. (laughs) All right. Scripture is key. So let's go back to Scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. He says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, Some people don't believe they have a spiritual gift. But I want you to notice the language used in this passage. To each one. That's the Greek word, hekastos, and it means every. To everyone, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, I believe that everyone has a spiritual gift. How many of you have ever read through this list of nine or looked at other people who have gifts that you can see outwardly and you felt a little left out? You're like, I don't, know, I don't know where my place I don't know my gift is. Look, these are not the only gifts that the Spirit distributes. Right? There's not just this list of nine and then nothing else. I mean, later in the same chapter, Paul is being an apostle and a teacher, and he talks about the ministry of the helps and administration. I mean, did you know that helping others is a gift of the Holy Spirit? Man, we have so many people in our midst that really have this gift. People like Carmen Ciroli, people like Dennis Robinson, just to name a couple. Watch their lives. They love to serve. They love to help. And the way that they help is not normal. (laughs) Because most people don't love it as much as they do. When you find someone like that, what is happening? That's a spiritual gift that's coming out of them. When they step in, you know, Mr. Dennis was mowing the grass in the rain, helping us get ready for Easter. I would have been like, they can walk through the weeds. I'm not mowing it. That's a spiritual gift that's coming out. That's the Holy Spirit empowering him. Paul puts it in the same context of people prophesying and gifts of healing and working in miracles. What about the gift of administration? Did you know that administration is a gift of the Holy Spirit? How many of you don't have that gift? (laughs) Me either. Listen, don't allow the enemy to drag you into the comparison game. Oh, I don't prophesy. Oh, I don't have the gift of faith. Oh, I don't have the gift of healing. Paul goes on to address that later in this chapter. It talks about jealousy and comparison. It takes all of us using our gifts to be a fully functioning body. Verse seven. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Common good means to bring together or to collect or contribute in order to help. It's exactly what Pastor Johnny was talking about. Right. This is a spiritual gift. We're going to use, we're going to collectively come together and we're going to do something significant to send some students and leaders on a mission trip to minister to inner city Miami. We're going to collectively come together. Those of you that have been around a while, you remember we collectively came together to take up an offering for Hurricane Dorian for the Bahamas. And we were able to raise $5,000. We couldn't do that individually, but collectively together. Last year, when, when Pastor Zach Ricks came, the missionary to Honduras, he came, we collectively came together and we were able to give him $9,000. One person couldn't have done that on their own, but collectively we came together, Hecostos for the common good. See, the gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for our own pleasure. They're to be used as the Spirit wills for the good of all. They're not just for us to build our own personal platforms. They're not just for us to build our own personal ministries. Remember we talked about this early in the series. The Holy Spirit always makes much of Jesus. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would testify about him. And the moment that we begin to use our spiritual gifts for personal gain is the moment that we've crossed a serious line. All right, let's jump into these gifts. Again, we're not going to get through all of them today. And I would just like to say, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. I'm still learning about the gifts of the spirit. I'm still learning how to hear his voice, how to be spirit led. I hope I never come to a place where I think I've arrived. I don't know everything there is to know regarding these gifts. As I bring these messages talking about the gifts over the next couple of weeks is going to raise questions in people's minds. And there may be questions that I don't even know the answer to. Look, I don't understand everything there is to know about tongues and healing and prophecy. My only reference is what God's Word says. And so I want you to know, to the best of my ability, everyday church will be a church that operates in the gifts of the Spirit as described in Scripture. We're not going to be stuffed into some kind of old Pentecostal or charismatic box. Like I don't care how long people have been doing a certain thing. I don't care what other, people's, other people are doing right now. I care about the scriptural moving of the Holy Spirit that points people to Jesus. All right, let's talk about the gifts. Remember, they're broken down into three categories. The discerning gifts, the dynamic or power gifts, the vocal gifts or declarative gifts. All right, so let's talk about the first three today, the discerning gifts. All right, first one I want to talk about is the word of wisdom. All right, the, holy, this, the definition of this is, 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 here's the definition of word of wisdom. It's when the Holy Spirit gives you a divine answer or a solution for a particular question or challenge that you're facing. Right? So, when the Holy Spirit gives you a divine answer or a solution for a particular question or challenge that you are facing. All right? So, the spiritual gift, word of wisdom, is different than just being wise. James chapter 1, verse 5, the brother of Jesus wrote, He said, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But this is a different kind of wisdom that's being talked about. Right? We should all pursue wisdom. We should all want to govern our lives and families with wisdom. The book of Proverbs is covered with verses regarding wisdom. The writer of Proverbs encourages us to get wisdom at all costs. If it costs you everything you have, get wisdom. He says that wisdom is more valuable than rubies or more valuable than gold. He says that wisdom will protect you from adultery. It will protect you from sin. But the spiritual gift of a word of wisdom is different than a governing kind of wisdom. A word of wisdom is when the Holy Spirit speaks an answer to you regarding a specific question or challenge. All right, look at the language. It says word, word of wisdom, word, which is the Greek word logos, which means spoken or written. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and gives you insight or wisdom regarding a specific question or situation, that could be. Well, if the Holy Spirit does it, it's a word of wisdom. See, we see Jesus operating in these gifts all the time. Remember, the Holy Spirit came upon him and remained. Remember the story where they were, the, the religious leaders were trying to trap him regarding taxes? anybody remember that? For those who are not familiar with the story, maybe you need to refresh, let's look at it. Luke chapter 20, beginning in verse 20, it says, Keeping a close eye or a close watch on them, they sent spies who pretended to be sincere they hoped to catch Jesus in something that he said so that he might so that they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor and so the spies questioned him teacher we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality but teach the way of god in accordance with the truth is it right for us to pay taxes to caesar or not verse 23 he saw through their duplicity and said to them show me a denarius whose image and inscription Are on it. Caesar's, they replied. And he said, Then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public, and astonished by his answer, they became silent. What happened? Jesus responded with a word of wisdom that answered a specific question. See, an example of this might be when you have. Or I have one of those aha moments. Maybe you've been in turmoil over a situation or a question. And then suddenly, after you've been praying about it, suddenly this answer comes and it solves the problem. It comes to you. That could be a word of wisdom. That's how the word of wisdom works. All right. Let's keep moving. Discerning of spirits. The definition of this is when the Holy Spirit makes a believer aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Again, We see this in the passage that we just read in Luke chapter 20. In verse 23, he said, He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me a denarius whose image and inscription are on it. How did he do that? He was discerning that there was an evil spirit at work. Right? They were trying to trap him. They weren't interested in truth. Even though they were using language like we know you speak the truth, they had no interest in the truth. I mean, have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever had that yucky feeling inside when you're about to do something? Right? You start to go somewhere or you start to purchase something and suddenly you have this feeling that something just isn't right about this situation or this person. You're like, you know, I've got to get out of here. Something just feels off. Anybody ever experienced that before? I have a pastor friend in Kentucky who calls it a Holy Ghost, uh-uh. <laughs> right? You go into this situation and it's like, uh-uh, that's not it, that's not it. You hear people describe it as my gut. Oh, my gut is telling me this is off. If you're a Christ follower, it's more than just your gut. It could be it could be discerning of spirits at work. It could be the spiritual gift of discerning spirits. Say, don't go here. Don't do that. Stay away from this person or that person. 1 John 2.20 tells us that we have an unction or an anointing from the Holy One and we know all things. The Spirit of God on the inside of us reveals to us Things that we need to know. We need to listen to that voice inside when it shows up. I mean, how many of you went against that voice before and regretted it later? You, you knew. Like you started, you felt good about it. You started and you're like, I don't feel good about this. But then you look at it on paper. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship. You, and it's soft. You're like, on paper, this all makes sense. You're like, I'm doing this. I don't care what it feels like. I'm going to override this. And then later you're like, Golly. And this cost me years of trying to correct this situation cuz I didn't listen the first time. We have to listen to that voice when it shows up. And at the very least when it, if you feel that, you should pause for a moment and seek the Lord and say, "God, is this you? Are you speaking to me? Telling me not to move forward with this? Is this your spirit trying to warn me about something?" All right. So discerning the spirits is when the Holy Spirit makes a believer aware of the presence of a demonic spirit all right let's talk about the word of knowledge and this is probably about as far as we'll get today the word of knowledge is when the holy is, is the word of knowledge is the Holy Spirit allowing you to know something specific that you didn't learn by natural means it's a supernatural transfer of information that you couldn't possibly have known through natural processes I'm gonna read it again all right, the whole, this is the, when the Holy Spirit is allowing you to know something specific that you didn't learn by natural means it's a supernatural transfer of information that you couldn't possibly have known or that you, yeah, you couldn't have possibly have known through natural processes but look I don't know if this was a word of knowledge earlier that was happening but you could certainly see the Holy Spirit orchestrating the f- first half of Ashley gets up she's uh, you know what would you say? Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding she's like his will on earth as it is in heaven. She's praying about all this stuff, right? And then the very next song is... Here. Here's in heaven. Thank you. I was <laughs> the very next song is Here in His Heaven. She's talking about laying up treasures in heaven. What was, the, what was the song, a new song? we sing. this world is not my home. I am just passing through. Earthly treasures soon will fade. But I found my hope in you. Amen. I don't know if you ever heard that song before. No. <laughs> All right, so we've got all of this thing. Right? I'm not saying that's, that's a word of knowledge. I'm just giving you that an example of how the Holy Spirit is lining those things up. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't know. We could have known that through natural processes or natural means. It just happened to come together. But when a word of knowledge happens, it's information that you couldn't have known by natural means. Again, let's look at Jesus. We see an example of this when Jesus has a conversation with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. He's having a conversation with, her, with this woman. He's never met her before. He has no previous information regarding her. So in John chapter 4, he's, this lady's at this well. He, he told her, go, and I'm not going to read the whole story, but go, call your husband and come back. And she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. Look, Jesus is giving her information that he didn't learn through natural means. This is a clear example of, a, of the spiritual gift of a word of knowledge. Now let me give you a, personal, a couple of personal examples of this. It seems to me that God is just up in the ante, so to speak, in the spirit at our church. The worship and the ministry of the last 18 months specifically, it feels like it's just God wants to take us to a deeper place. Now, sometimes when I'm praying for people at the altar, I'll experience a word of knowledge. It's hard to describe, but it's almost like I see a picture in my mind. And often when I begin to describe what I see to people, it's exactly what they're going through. All right. Now, a few months ago, I was praying for somebody at the altar and I randomly had this thought or picture come to my mind. All right. And so, listen, I'm very cautious About saying to people, the Lord says this or the Lord says that. If it's not in scripture in black and white, I tread on that very cautiously. It's a powerful thing to look at someone and say, I'm now speaking on behalf of the living God. The creator of the universe wants to tell you something through me. Uh. (laughs) Let's just be careful. Now listen, I wholeheartedly believe that God can use us to deliver specific words to people, but we need to be careful. We're humans. We're imperfect at best. We're rotten sinners at worst. Our emotions, our pride, our prejudices, our information that we have from outside sources can cloud our judgment. So if you're someone who operates with a prophetic gift or or, or you use the vocal gifts or declarative gifts, listen, I'm begging you to use caution when you go around throwing the name of God around. And you can mess people up. God said do this. God says this about this. God says that. I don't want to overstep my bounds. But I, don't, I won't tell any details. But my mom has a story that just, man, just, I don't, she's told me the story two or three times just throughout the years. And the amount of hurt that was caused because someone said the Lord says yada, yada, yada was not true. The amount of hurt that was, and she's a mature Christ follower. Somebody's been serving the Lord longer than I've been alive. and Somebody pulled her aside and says, the Holy Spirit wants to say, or God says this. You start throwing that name around, you can bring damage to people, so you need to be careful. All right. Some of you, some of you others have experienced that too. And just let me get, just jump off here. A so side note is part of the problem is, is we, we're so hungry for a word from God from somebody else. And the problem is we don't know what Scripture says. You see those memes on Facebook and Instagram. And it's like, don't tell me you're, you, know, you want a prophecy from a preacher when your Bible's been closed for a year. Okay, I'm going to get way in the weeds if I don't get back to my notes. Just be careful. Now, side note, this is, this is me Uh, I usually say something like, I feel like God is saying this or that. I'm careful about saying, this is the Lord. That's how I say. I feel like God is saying this or that. I have this picture in my mind. I'd like to describe it to you because I feel like God might be wanting to say something in this moment. I'm careful about using language again like God says or for you, old King James folk, thus saith the Lord. Let me tell you one more story. I saw my notes. Listen, Adrian and I, Adrian and I just went somewhere, and, and to me, I we experienced this exact thing I'm talking about. Like we, were, we were seeking the Lord, just chasing, we were in a worship event. And uh and I just asking God the whole time, God, just fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. You know, fill my son, fill my son. Like I, you know, I know God wants to use my children. And I was crying out for me, for him. We're just going after God. Now, I knew theologically there were a few things, doctrinally, that we didn't agree with with this church that we were part of. You say, why did you submit yourself to that? Well, Have you never been somewhere where somebody believed different than you? Anyway, so we're there. I'm seeking God. I'm asking God to fill us. And this guy comes over, and he begins to pray for Adrian. And so as he's praying for him, um, I was like, okay, I'll just keep my hands off for a second. So he's praying for him and praying for him. and And it, it appeared to me that the Lord was touching Adrian. Maybe I'm stepping over bounds. I don't know. Sorry. But it, it appeared to me, you know, last week or a couple weeks, God told you he's not emotional. It looked like I don't know if the wind was hitting him just right. <laughs> it looked like his eyes were sweating just a little bit. And I was like, OK, OK, I've been praying for this. You know, God's about to touch it. Now, here's what happened. When the when the guy that was praying saw what I saw with the emotion, it was like. Fish on, fish on. He starts. He's praying. I'm watching. He's got his hands on. He's, going, <laughs> he's like motioning all these people. This other guy comes up and now there's two of them on him. And I was like, OK, I am put my hand on his back just to be like, you know, I'm not going to make a big scene. But I'm like, I want to let him know, hey, I'm here, whatever. This guy's trying to lead him through this thing. And I was just like, this just quickly turned into this like weird, you know, Whatever. And then he was like, "Are oh, you have a church? Do you have a church to go to? And he's like, yeah, my dad's my pastor. And he was like, oh. <laughs> anyway, I'm saying that in regards to being careful about declaring, hey, God wants to say this. God wants to do that. You know, someone who didn't have a spiritual covering, someone who was immature in Christ, someone who whatever could be easily sucked into something that wasn't God at all. And it could cause hurt and confusion and all kinds of things. All right, so back to the story. All right. Um, I began praying for this person. And I began, I said, you know, I have this picture. I want to describe this to you. And I said something like this. This is a synopsis of it. It's not a direct quote. But I said, it's like you're on the edge of a cliff and someone has pushed you off. And you're just falling and falling. And it feels like you're never going to stop falling. And it's like you're in this deep, dark, black pit that's never ending. And I said, but I feel like Jesus wants to catch you safely in his arms. All right. Look, I know that doesn't sound like anything special. You're falling. Jesus wants to catch you. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Captain Obvious. We've all fallen. (laughs) Jesus wants to catch us. But remember the definition. It's when the Holy Spirit allows you to know something specific that you couldn't or didn't learn by natural means. It's a supernatural transfer of information you couldn't possibly know through natural process. Here was the response of the person as they cried while we prayed. Again, this is a paraphrase, not an exact quote. And I'm thinking, when she said this, I'm thinking, well, this is kind of weird. All right, they said to me, after I said, I feel like you're falling deep, quiet, blah, blah, blah. She said, I've been having a recurring dream that I'm falling. I don't remember the specific timeline, but I'm pretty sure she said, uh, I've been having it since I was a kid. Now, what seems random in one play. Hey, we've all fallen. Jesus wants to pick you up. He wants to catch you. It doesn't apply to anybody in the room. It applies to everybody in the room in one way. But it was very specific to this person. When I because I'm saying this, I'm like, this is a weird thing. You know, this person's crying. She's crying. And then it's like, you know, I've been having this dream since I was a kid and I'm falling and I just can't stop falling. This is one of those moments where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> right? It's this just, just random thought. You've just been pushed off a cliff, you keep falling, and the response, I've had a recurring dream. Only God could have dropped that thought. See, that's a moment where a, a word of knowledge has come, And the intent of moments like that are to bring healing and to point people to Jesus. Again, the gifts of the spirit are to point people to Jesus. It's like Jesus was stepping in and saying, you think that you've been doing this by yourself, but I've got you. That was a word of knowledge for a specific time and a specific person, but it's also scriptural. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. Psalm 34 or 37, 24 says, though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down for the Lord upholds him with his right hand. Look, the Lord is reminding us today that you're not alone. If you're in a battle, you're not alone. If you're facing something difficult, you're not alone. If you're facing health issues, you're not alone. If you're facing financial issues, you're not alone. The same thing that he said there, even though it was specific. He says through his word to us. I've heard your, your struggle. I've seen your struggle. I've, I've heard your cries. I've heard your prayers. I've heard your sighs. I've seen your heartache and your calls for help. I even see you in your dreams and I've got you. You're not alone. All right, let me give you another example. Um, this is another personal example. I don't remember the exact timeline. I think it was a little over a year ago. But God was just touching people's lives during the music and during the worship. And at the end of the music, the Holy Spirit was just tangibly in the room. Like you could feel like the atmosphere was just different. And at the end of that moment, I was stepping up. I was getting ready to bring the word. Someone approached me and they said, I have a word for someone. Now, on a practical side of things, I appreciate how this person handled this information. Because instead of making this moment all about them or turn it into a free for all, this person submitted to the authority of the house. They came to me. They gave me the information and basically said, look, this is what I feel God is saying. You do with it what you want to. Now, the information was sensitive in nature, but I felt like it was from the Lord. and So we released that word into the congregation. And it was something like this. Again, it's a paraphrase, not a quote. It was, it was that someone had been sexually abused and that God wanted to bring healing and set them free. And before I finish the story, I want to address generalizations. Because in one way, while this was a very sensitive topic, it was a very general statement. And this is one of the critiques of people who operate with the gift of the word of knowledge. I mean, I can repeat that exact same word today. And statistically, there's probably someone in the room who has been sexually abused. And if that's you, right, you're a person who's been abused mentally, physically or sexually, you don't necessarily need a word of knowledge to say for us to say Jesus wants to heal you. Right? We have the written word of God that declares that you can be healed and you can be free. That's what I was just yelling about a moment ago. God has given us God but in this situation God had given a specific word for a specific person at a specific time. But the word itself is still true no matter no matter the time or the time frame, because it was scriptural. Okay, back to generalizations. I could easily get up and say, look, I feel there's someone in the room who's experiencing a lot of back pain. Again, very general. If you're over 40, your back's probably hurting right now. I could say, you know, someone in the room is experiencing knee pain, shoulder pain, etc. Look, these are very general things that people deal with. And in a crowd this size, someone is undoubtedly experiencing one or maybe multiple of these situations. But listen, just because it's general doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't involved. One of the other gifts that we'll get to later is the gift of faith. Some some people call it special faith. It's when a supernatural endowment of belief and confidence for a specific situation comes alive inside of you. See, sometimes the gifts of the spirit will build on each other. Someone who maybe is dealing with something for a long time, but then has a word of knowledge spoken forth, and it calls out a specific situation regarding you know your own life personally. Then maybe my faith, the gift of faith, that comes alive and it begins to rise, and they say, you know what? I've been praying about that, but today's the day that God's going to intervene on my behalf. All right, back to the story. And these last two examples are—they're not made up. Um, they're not secondhand information. I'm telling you what happened. There are many people that are sitting in the room. That either you were here, you were here when it happened, right? You could testify to what I'm saying. And there are people in the room that experienced this. All right. So when that word was released into the room, multiple people lifted their hands to acknowledge it was them. But there was one person in particular who encountered God in such a way that day that it was undeniable. And I'm talking dark to light, complete 180. Countenance changed from that moment until now. This person has never been the same, at least from my vantage point. As the service continued, the entire family was drastically touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He's a revealer of places that need to be healed. He points us to Jesus, who is the healer. Look, I try to couple of these things with scripture as well as some personal stories. This is why my heart's desire is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and to be spirit led. Because I never know in, in what kind of random moment God might just speak a word that I can speak to somebody that'll bring life change. Again, I'm, I'm careful about running around saying whatever, thus saith the Lord, and declaring myself as a prophet or anything else. But it doesn't negate the fact that God wants to speak truth into our lives through words of knowledge, through discerning of spirits, through words of wisdom. He wants to give you answers to questions that you're facing. Some of you are facing things right now and you need a word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit just to give you an instantaneous answer that would just solve these problems that you're facing. Some of you are carrying things, deep, deep wounds and deep hurts. Like this person that I prayed for, probably wasn't even in the forefront of their mind. They probably weren't, you know, once you've been dealing with something for so long, it's like you just, you just deal with it. You cope with it. You don't even, you're not even thinking about it. But in that moment, it was like God was saying, I see you when you dream this, and I'm with you, and I'm going to catch you. See, some of you have things going on in your life right now that are just causing you heartache, and maybe there are things you've forgotten about. But that's what the Holy Spirit does through a word of knowledge or through other information. He can uncover those places that we've covered up and tried to bury because it was just too painful. So we can revisit those things and allow Jesus to bring healing to all of those hurts and all of those wounds. He doesn't want us to be struggling people who can never get over the hump. He doesn't want us to be people who can never find freedom and never find healing. He wants to deposit into us something of of significant value. He wants to heal those places that are broken. The world says if it's broken, throw it away. But God says if it's not broken, then I can't use it. So he takes those places that have been broken where we feel like we're no good anymore. We feel like we should just be tossed. We should be discarded. I'm not valuable anymore because of my mistakes. I'm not valuable anymore because I've done this. I'm not valuable anymore because I said this or I acted this way or I did this perverse thing or I said this horrible thing. I'm not valuable anymore. This part of my life is broken. And God says now that it's broken, that's the moment that I can begin to use it. There are things inside of us. There's an anointing and there's something that God wants to flow out but until it's broken it can't come out. Let's uncover those broken places so that the anointing that's on the inside of us can begin to flow out and bring healing to others. My own personal story is full of just brokenness and poor decisions and mistakes and Things that happened to me, things that I committed to others. And if I allowed that brokenness to disqualify me from what God wanted to do, then. then... But instead, I've submitted those things to the Lord, and He's brought healing to those hurts. And now because of the brokenness that I've experienced, there's, anointing, there's an anointing on our church to bring healing. There are people sitting in the room. You've, you've walked through the, the heartache of divorce. And those that have been around a while, you probably get tired of me talking about that, but this is, this is my story. I. And I'm always careful about what I share and how I share because my older children are are here and they're a part of our ministry and they're blessed to have family on both sides that love them deeply and dearly. I don't care whose fault it is. When you walk through something like that, it's painful. Whether you're the perpetrator or the victim, whether you caused it or whether it happened to you, there is pain, deep pain that's involved. Loss and all the things that we go through. could cover it up, we could allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those things. And I know we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and I've really gotten completely off track from that, but, and sometimes He does that through a word of knowledge, where He speaks something, and it reveals something that you've you've hidden But don't discount the declaring of the word from the pulpit when somebody's sharing because that could also be a word of knowledge where you're sitting there and you're like, you know what, I need to uncover these things. We think of prophecy as foretelling the future and that's part of it, but the scriptural definition of prophecy is declaring the word of God. And going back to to what we said earlier when we talked about how a cessationist would would say that there's abuses and that there's, there's more reliance on New revelation than on the word of God. You know, I love what's happening in our midst, and I'm going to talk about this next week. But we're not going to seek the gifts above the giver. Amen. We're not going to do that. God's moving. People are coming. People are receiving healing. We're not going to. We're not going to get distracted. By the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that He wants to release. Because they can become a distraction if that's what you're seeking. And while I'm for them and I believe in them and I want them to be declared and I want healing to come, we're gonna seek Jesus. And we're gonna pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna stay in Scripture. So when Frosted Flake, Fruit Loop, Nuthead comes on the TV or comes to the church or comes somewhere and says, blah, 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 this is what the Lord says, we can say, you know what? <laughs> hey, you come play. Listen, that's. I tried to, discover, to to cover the discerning gifts and we got on word of knowledge and it took me really a, a lot of different places that I wasn't intending, but words of wisdom, when God gives you a specific answer for a specific problem that you're facing, sometimes it can come just instantaneously. Discerning of spirits, it's that Holy Ghost, uh-uh, it's that unction from the Holy One that John talked about. And then a word of knowledge can happen when someone reveals something that they couldn't have known through Natural means. I was at a shoe store this week and I um, was getting Katie something for her birthday, and I could tell there was something going on between this lady and the worker. And I don't know what they were—you know, they're laughing or whatever. And I would come on—I come up on the on the tail end of it. I don't know. I feel like there was a word of knowledge that was happening in that moment where she was speaking to this worker. And they start talking about church and all this thing. And this girl was receiving whatever this lady was having or whatever this lady was bringing, you know, the word she was bringing forth. And before I left, this lady that was checking out on this side, she walks behind me. The lady in the counter walks all the way into the counter and they were just hugging in the middle of DSW shoe stores. And I was like, this is the spirit of the Lord at work. He was touching that lady's life and maybe it was a word of knowledge that he was br- that this lady was bringing to her revealing something that she couldn't have possibly known it was clear they didn't know each other and again i don't know the dynamics i didn't i didn't hear the conversation i just know that god was in that moment the gifts of spirit aren't reserved for this moment that's why we said we want to be spirit-led it's one of our core values we want to be able to speak the truth the word of God to people that are outside of this environment. Anyway. All right, so we're talking about the discerning gifts today. Word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, word of knowledge. I encourage you to go back and read through that passage in 1 Corinthians 12. It's also another passage that talks about gifts in Romans chapter 12. Romans, Corinthians. You can see the the... You can see the gifts of the Spirit operating in the book of Acts. You can see them when you're looking for them. You can see them in, in the life of Jesus. And again, it's a little bit of a paradigm shift to think of that Jesus used the gifts of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit came and remained on him. The Holy Spirit empowered him to do what he was doing. I know he was God. But he was, he was fully God, but he was fully man also. And So when you're looking for it, you can see it. Look, I don't know what you might be facing today, but I know this, that Jesus said that he would ask and that the Father would give us the Holy Spirit. And so I want to close this service by just taking a moment and asking him to fill us. Would you stand on your feet just for for a couple more moments, moments, and we're not going to drag this out any longer than it has to be. I want us to take a moment, and I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. And I want to take, I want us also to take a moment and be still before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us to us areas that might need to be healed. Maybe it's an area that's been covered up for years. Maybe it's a wound that goes way back. Maybe it is something like I've gone through. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's a maybe it's a bankruptcy that you filed. Maybe it's a, a poor decision that you made. Maybe it's a job that you lost. Maybe it's a relationship that went completely south. Maybe it's wounds from from your children. I have I, I have no way of knowing what it could be for you, but I want us to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those things and to ask Jesus to heal us. Would you close your eyes all across this room? And if you're comfortable with this, would you lift your hands? And if you're one of those people saying, you know what, I need more of God in my life. I need more of the Holy Spirit. Would you just ask Him in your own way, right where you are, to fill you? Holy Spirit, would you fill us to overflowing? Fill our lives, God. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.